Point of Sale, where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that, of course, move their supply chains. And before we get into today's episode, we got a couple of things we're going to touch on before we welcome our wonderful guest on the show to talk about an area of logistics that I can't get my head around. Uh, we, of course, got to let you know that this year, over half of the Fortune 500 are using the same asset light transportation company. Do you know who it is? It's RXO Logistics. That's the transportation product that gives you massive capacity and the cutting edge technology to seamlessly move any size freight load anywhere in North America. They've got their digital platform. You can get access to more than 1.5 million drivers. That's right, 1.5 million drivers, customized routes, real-time price optimization, and of course, much, much more. And you can see everything that they're doing at RxO at rxo.com. That's right, rxo, simple, rxo.com. And to get into today's show, I, of course, want to remind you of our events. We haven't had one since F3, and I think that's because we all had so much fun. We had to take a little breather, take a break, relax, get back with our families after we enjoyed so much time with our favorite logistics friends out there. And one of my favorite Freightways events is now coming to you virtually and that's our Domestic Supply Chain Summit. And I'm very excited because actually right around this time last year, maybe a couple of years in from the anniversary, I started this show, Point of Sale. Well, I actually took over this show, Point of Sale, uh, from the wonderful uh, host from before, Andrew. And uh, part of the summit, I actually got to interview John Gold. He's the National Retail Federation's Vice President of Supply Chain. And I get to do that again this year, a whole year later, a whole year, totally different market, totally different circumstances. A lot of uh, things have happened in the last 365 days. So I'm really excited to be able to come the same exact guest to the Supply Chain Summit this upcoming uh, two weeks from now. That's uh, December 14th. And we're going to talk about, of course, everything uh, retail and supply chain. And this is a perfect time for all of you to send in your questions. When you go ahead and you get your newsletter later this week, uh, or even next week, you got a couple weeks to do so, shoot me back, you email back, send me any questions that you would like to have answered by him uh, in this upcoming summit. We'll make sure that we try to address everything that we can. But I think it'll be really great. This is an opportunity for you guys to ask someone who's very much well-known in the retail area uh, and has a lot of knowledge of what to expect in 2023. And that's what we'll be covering. We'll be doing a quick review of what we saw in 2022 and really what we need to prepare ourselves as retailers for in 2023. So very excited to meet with John again. It's going to be a really good time and also very nostalgic, right, to see a full year of not only doing this show and all of the great content that we've covered, but to be able to wrap it up the year with, with John himself uh, and go over really the same, same thing that we did last year. We talked about what to expect in this year. So I'm going to jump back to that old interview and, and see if exactly we're right or we're wrong and what caused us to be wrong. Because I will say, I don't think people were expecting as, as much as a downturn and quickly, especially in retail as we have. So excited for that. Of course, we'll have another amazing guest for you to name a few. Uh, David Corral, he's the research scientist at MIT Center for Transportation and Logistics. If you guys are close, uh, play, pay, 
close attention to Loaded and Rolling. That is Thomas Watson's show, uh, the trucking-focused show. He actually had someone, one, another scientist from MIT Center of Transportation Logistics on a few weeks ago. Uh, so I'm excited to see this keynote speaker come on and, and see exactly what they dive into, if not the same topics, uh, maybe different ones from the past researcher as well. So after the show, go back and check out that episode because it was really good. We also are going to have Rosemary Coates, the founder and executive director for Reshoring Institute, uh, make sense of why she exactly is coming. Excited to see her thoughts as we see more and more uh, reshoring here in the United States. Uh, and then last but not least, but just because I love the drama of it all. Uh, and if I could have went into anything in college, I was hoping to go into law. We have James Mahoney, who, of course, has his own practice and is logistics attorney as well. So for all of you out there wondering what to expect in especially with so many different changes in the FMCSA's uh, proposals. So there's a, a number, a handful, at least 10 that I remember. I believe um, John Gallagher touched on this a couple weeks ago, that the FMCSA is bringing to the table next year. Big stuff, especially when you're looking at the definition of a broker, definition of dispatchers, uh, possibly having another numeric system who knows, for truck drivers. Uh, it's, it's, uh, very excited to see what he has to touch on and what to expect in 2023 and wh what his thoughts were of a lot of the action that we saw in 2022 as well. So uh, make sure you guys go check that out. It's super easy. This is a virtual event. So all of you guys can go free of charge. Just go to live.freightwaves.com. Again, I believe it's December 14th. Click on the register now and we'll get you all set up. And uh, if you haven't been to an event uh, for, with Freightways before virtually. It's really fun. We'll be in the chat room all day. If you have any questions or any of the uh, demos or anything like that that you want some more feedback on, uh, we'll be there live in action in that chat room to help you out as well. So uh, for anyone who's listening, might be a driver or is working during that time of the day, because this will go out throughout uh, the day as well. Uh, it's super easy to Chromecast it to your TV, Chromecast it uh, or cast it uh, to your Bluetooth device, things of that nature. So there's no excuse on this one. Uh, if you enjoy our Freightways content all day long, you'll definitely love this one as well in the, a way that you can be interactive within that too. So I will see you all, of course, for that event. And let's just get into it. And actually, real quick, before we get into it, I tested you a little bit earlier. I said the number 1.5 million. Do you remember what it was for? That's right. It was for drivers. And that's actually how many drivers RXO connects you with in an instant, enough to help you move any size freight load anywhere in North America. Now, maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 are now moving freight with RXO this year. Or maybe it's because RXO has over a decade of brokerage expertise backing up their innovations and a couple other great companies attached with it through, throughout that time as well. Now, either way, RXO is an asset like transportation that gives you massive capacity and cutting edge technology like never before. So see what they can do for you at rxo.com. That's right, rxo. God, they make it so easy for you. rxo.com. Now, I have a wonderful guest with us today, uh, one that is very familiar, overly familiar with a segment of logistics that's only given me headaches in the past. But for I know a lot of our listeners out there, this is a segment that you are going to want to check out, especially for if any of our retailers out there are a little bit smaller than the big guys. We're going to make sure that you leave here with some advice. I have with us today Curtis Garrett. He's the Senior Vice President of LTL for Freight Plus, and he's the Founder and Chief Creative at Understand LTL. 
Curtis, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to have you on. Not a problem. Happy to be here, Grace. You're not a football fan, are you? College football? <laughs> <laughs> Just not of good teams. Yes. <laughs> we'll have a better year next year, hopefully, right? That's how it goes. Yeah. You know, Michigan, we just we just show up for the game, right? Even if it's Lions, right? We don't stop. <laughs> hey, show up, drink some beer, eat beer, have a good time. Exactly. That's exactly it. Let's just put a beer mug back there and then we'll all be good. <laughs> so I'm excited. I got to meet you at F3, which was so great. And you just did a wonderful Ask Waves uh, interview with uh, Todd Maiden over LTL. And it was I was reading through it and the whole time I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is, this is exactly the changes that LTL needs. You're, of course, love finding out that the name of the company you founded is Understand LTL because I think everyone's out there thinking that. How can I understand this market more? And your experience is so vast. Can you tell us why LTL? I, I, I saw that on... LinkedIn, you don't write into LTL when you started your career in transportation. Why this sector of the market? Yeah, I guess I just really lucked out that I I dove right into the place that, you know, was was probably the best for me um, in any industry, let alone the transportation sector. So um, really, it was by accident. You know, a lot of people have that, that story. Um, I needed Needed a job going to college and started working for Old Dominion on the dock. Uh, and the plan was just do it for a few years until I graduated and got a real job. <laughs> so here I am still without a real job almost 16 years later, um, but I'm loving it. And it really just all my interests are around, you know, numbers and, and quantifying real life things, um, maps, geography, uh, just the flow of, you know, goods and people and vehicles around the world and around the country. So it scratches most of my itches. Um, and the more I learn, the more fun I have just, just with growing that knowledge base. It's incredible. I mean, you're hundred percent right. It's, it is almost a lot of what we work with in the truckload side, but even more detail, especially when it comes to geography and zones and all of that jazz and the numbers, I'm sure um, number crunching is a huge part of it as well. Knowing your dimensions uh, and everything within that is huge. And knowing it right off the head, I'm sure you <laughs> you could probably quote a lot of LTL freight yourself without having to use uh, a mechanisms. And I, I guess I'm interested in what brought you to maybe your your adult job, right, of founding Understand LTL. Uh, what what's the goal of Understand LTL, and, and what made you decide to start that company? I just get fed up with you know the way things are if they're not done well. And if they're overly complicated and, and we're taking, you know, more steps than we need to take. So one thing I did a few years ago was I just got tired of going to, to all the different carrier websites and trying to, you know, search through and find their rules tariff uh, and where they put it on the site. It was different for everybody. So I created a website, ltltariffs.com, that just consolidates, you know, it's basically a link to each uh, carrier site and the rules tariff. So just that's kind of what I've been doing. That's a good example of, you know, can we add a little bit of leverage to something here through the form of a tool, technology, a process just to make things a little more streamlined. And the goal with Understand LTL uh, first is just to help break down that, you know, the LTL concepts, simplify the ideas, um, instill mental models and frameworks in people's minds so that when they look at a situation, even if it's not something they've directly seen before, 
um, you know, they can see some patterns and kind of figure it out with maybe 10 of the basic building blocks instead of what I typically see, you know, not to mention just a lack of standardized education, but what I see on a company by company basis is we usually start training in the weeds. And when you look at all the different, you know, carriers, their rules and zones, as you mentioned, uh, classification and commodities uh, situations, now that technology is a big part of the industry, you know, all the different nuances with that, there's thousands and thousands of moving parts to try to keep track of. And it just becomes like a memorization game. And that, that just doesn't work. It overwhelms people. So I'm trying to go way upstream um, to, you know, fewer uh, variables, but bigger ideas that they can then uh, basically connect to anything that they see. That's awesome. So you're, you're truly teaching them exactly how to uh, look at the industry through your eyes. It's not, that's interesting. I was wondering prior to this interview if it was more of, you know, just understanding the terminology, but it sounds like it's almost understanding the methodology behind LTL more, exactly. which is so yep. much more impactful. Methodology right? and context. Yeah, it's something that's been lacking. Still have to have, like for new begin for beginners, still have to have some of the basic terminology and whatnot. But, um, and I, I will be evolving and refining this course and adding to it. You know, it's it's out there for sale, but it's not, it's not on the shelf, just collecting dust. Um, but as of now, there's not a single... LTL carrier name mentioned in the course. And that's by design because carriers are, you know, going out of business sometimes, getting bought, rebranding, consolidating. So it really, it doesn't matter who the players are in the industry. Um, if, you know, if the framework's the same, different players will change or come and go. Um, so I, that's, I just set some constraints when I wrote it to, you know, stay big picture with the framework and the, mo the model of it. But uh, you know, explain some of these concepts a little more detailed. Um, the other big part of it that I think has been lacking is just the community aspect. Um, like at the F3 conference and, and other conferences I go to, you know, we're a very human industry and, and people have great relationships and friendships and it doesn't matter what part of the industry they're sitting in. Um, and a lot of people, you know, cycle through different companies or different verticals within LTL. Um, but I feel like when we go home and get in the office, it's kind of back to the old silos. And what I'm trying to do is just create, you know, a platform that anybody who wants to have a seat at the table and contribute for the good of the industry can do that. So I've started with assembling what I've called an A-team, basically a team of uh, advisors, I would say, that that are supporting what I'm doing. And, and that's going, you know, that's going to expand out to more of, um, a membership type community for anybody that wants to be a part of it. Love that. Yeah. Me, I will say everyone, uh, go check out the site. Cause the A team is, uh, uh, definitely pretty A team, if anything, to say the least. So, uh, <laughs> congrats to you. I'm building that up as well. And I guess from your experience, uh, I know I can name my few and one's going to start with accessorials, but from your viewpoint, what are the top three mistakes or even misconceptions that people make when they're booking their LTL shipments, especially through uh, some of the technology that's available today. Yeah, it's interesting. Like a lot of things, uh, the more information that becomes available and accessible through different, you know, streams of technology, it does it does make things more efficient. 
if you use it right. But then, it, you know, the skill and demand becomes filtering and knowing what to pay attention to, what to ignore. So I think we're kind of at like a bit of a pivotal point now where um, carrier websites have really evolved and gotten better. There's thousands of different TMS platforms out there. And there's, you know, there's platforms and companies in the tech side that are starting to get more specific and just solve, you know, key niche uh, categories. Um, so one, one mistake I would say, you know, is, is a smaller shipper, for example, if they're not real savvy on LTL and how things work, stick with a good TMS or, you know, some, something that consolidates your options. You, you don't have to go out to each individual uh, carrier website where things might look a little bit different. Plus it's just kind of added time uh, to cycle through four or five different websites. So um, use a TMS. Uh, it's surprising how many still don't, but just the value of, you know, saving that time, like I mentioned, but also just having all your shipment data and for tracking and visibility in one spot, it's just really helpful. Um, another, another mistake I see is just, partial quoting, like just say putting in zip codes and wait to try to get a quick, you know, <laughs> price, but not being specific with uh, locations. And if there's a lift gate needed or different, as you mentioned, accessorials uh, at pickup or delivery. And that's just typically the recipe for, you know, a nasty surprise when you get the, the carrier invoice. Um, so, you know, full, complete, accurate information. Um, is definitely needed to get an accurate price. And then lastly, and probably the biggest misconception or mistake that I see is folks thinking that price is the only thing that matters and that it's basically a commoditized market. You know, every carrier is the same as the next and you just have to find the best price. Uh, it just couldn't be, couldn't be further from the truth. Um, there's so many differences with networks and you know terminal locations and and even like line hall uh models like you've got you've got the hub and spoke you've got um uh regional networks you've got all these different um ways that, that carriers set up and move move your goods around the country so from a tech side to just customer service there's a lot of differences that's where surveys like the maskio every year can kind of help because they take like people's opinions on dealing with carriers, um, like everything, you know, take it with with a grain of salt. Just because it's it's not perfectly applicable to you specifically, but it is a it is a piece of information you can go to. Love that, and one area in particular I'm very interested in your opinion on is uh, this industry. Like they just uh, the LTL carriers came out a couple, maybe a month or two ago now about moving forward with uh, EBOLs, e which in my head, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> of all the industries, I feel like could use it the most in terms of tracking and and a lot of those uh, those uh, extra costs that come up, right? Uh, being able to, to yeah. see that in action uh, and have some real-time, excuse me, talk about real-time visibility. This is the one I think that needs it the most. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think that it's taken so long for the industry to start implementing EBLs? Yeah, part of that, I think, to, to the latter part of your question, why it's taken a bit, um, it's a weird industry. You've got 25 to 30 carriers that control most of the revenue. Um, so it's just enough 
that like nobody wants to be first or last, highest or lowest. And nobody wants to like be, you know, yeah. be driving the market down or up or or getting too experimental with different things and then realizing when they turn around, you know, their competitors aren't there behind them. They're kind of left out in the cold. So I think that structure of just the number of, of participants in the LTL market from a carrier side, really, I think it's slowed, you know, progress and innovation over the years. Um, it, it's not that carriers don't have the ability or haven't had it for quite some time, but it's, it's that factor along with, you know, shippers themselves, uh, if they're going to invest in tech, that's probably going to be for their manufacturing and their warehousing and, and, you know, product and customer facing things for them, which is understandable. Um, but I think that until maybe recently, transportation and specifically LTL just kind of gets forgotten. Uh, and they still just, you know, tender freight the same old way. Um, it, it just, it's so beneficial for everybody to you for EBOLs. Uh, the carrier gets the information sooner. They can use that to plan operationally. If the information's accurate, they can convert that over into the billing and invoicing side. So they save, you know, time and labor on data entry. Um, there's more like if, if you could quantify somehow how many bill of lading mix ups there are in a single day across the LTL market <laughs> with inbound shipments and vendors giving the wrong paperwork and the wrong bill to like it's it's just a mess. It's it's the definition of silos you know you have these static yeah. single pieces of paper um and there's no other industry out there that i know of where the customer hands you a piece of paper with the with the information and that drives what you charge them so i feel like the the weights and inspections and all the you know verifying and checking and changing behind the customer has been kind of a band-aid type scenario for a long time it's very reactive like like a lot of you know rules in the rules tariff are um, but getting digitizing that information, having a record of it, verifies it, it keeps everyone accountable, makes it so it's harder to lose. <laughs> like it, it's just gonna, it's just gonna rewind everybody. Yeah, and even you bring up like the shippers. Let's say the shippers that come up with their own like electronic way of doing LTL. It's, at the end of the day, no. What are you supposed to do? Use the paperwork that the LTL provider gives you, or else there's another fine, right? So it's like. Uh, it's great. I think that they have, have got on board and, and are electronically um, standardizing it because I think you'll see a lot of those problems uh, fall out. And I, I think a misconception that I've learned over the last year is that the carriers don't want that mess either, right? It's it's not good for their operations. Right. It's not like I think sometimes people think it's a setup or a scam to to charge more and have the wrong weight class. And it's like no, no, no. Anything with assets isn't trying to waste time with operations. So I love that. Yeah. And uh, we have a few minutes here. Uh, for you, what do you think the LTL market has in store for 2023? Any thoughts, predictions that you want to throw out there uh, for demand as well? Yeah, I, I'm excited about 2023. Uh, we just have moved through a very painful, you know, difficult couple of years and we've got a lot of fresh lessons, fresh scars, you know, from what we went through. I do think that true innovation, you know, is is really only advanced through pain and difficulty um, and extreme constraints on the business. So typically you learn all these lessons, but then if, if things keep, you know, 
ticking onward and upwards, then it's hard to implement and it's hard to to dedicate resources to more innovation and actually implementing some of these things. So I look at this bit of a lull that we have right now in the market as a really good time to push things like the EBOL through and and stuff, you know, timing wise, we got here, it's been a whirlwind. Um, we've had to get leaner, meaner, more efficient um, and kind of develop some workarounds in different areas. But now we, we kind of have a little bit of room to take a breath and, you know, uh, finish developing and, and testing some of these ideas and, and tech. So I'm it, honestly, I, you know, I'm always going to be bullish on LTL. It's, it's only going to keep growing uh, from, from a macro level. Um, it's going to become a very, more of a very, very valuable mode just with, you know, I like to say it's got the flexibility um, and, uh, you know, agility of the parcel mode, but then it's got the strength and capability of full truckload. So that's, you know, a lot to live up to. And that's why it's sometimes hard with the residential deliveries and e-com business. And, and sometimes people expect carriers to turn on a dime and just show up, you know, but it's, it's more of a blessing than a curse, I think, because it, it means that, you know, there's always going to be a need, even though it might be harder to execute sometimes. I agree with you. And I, I, I hope everyone left today with a better understanding of LTL. And if you don't understand it completely, well, thank goodness, because Curtis has understand LTL for you to reach out to and learn more from today. And that's at, that's at understandltl.com. Is that right? Yeah. Perfect. Grab the domain too. Even better. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Curtis, for coming on the show. I appreciate your time today. And and for our audience out there as well, uh, we wouldn't be anything without you. So make sure that you go and subscribe. If you aren't subscribed to our newsletter already, go to freightways.com slash POS and you can subscribe to that now. Or you can go to the newsletter section and subscribe to all of them at one time. That makes it even easier. Wherever you're listening to this, make sure you like and subscribe so you can keep getting notified of new episodes. And check me out tonight too. Every night on SiriusXM channel 146, the Road Dog Trucking channel from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, you can check me out and we're going to have some fun discussions on there too. Other than that, thank you so much for joining. Let me know if you have any questions for John Gold from National Retail Federation, and I will talk to you all next week.